Good morning, church. Good to see you. Good to be with you today. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? I mean, we could be a whole lot of different places this morning, but we chose to be here because God drew us here. God called us here because he has something for you right now, praise God. And I believe that as we share God's word. It's good to be in the house, Lord. Good to see everybody. Welcome, first-time visitors and those on Facebook. Welcome. It's good to be with you. Good to see you. Uh, before I pray for the word, right where you are, could you just wave to those around you and just kind of wave hello to everybody around you? Could you do that? Turn around and just wave to somebody, say, it's good to see you, wave, okay? If you're at home on Facebook, wave to somebody in your living room right now, amen? Or wave at the screen or something, amen? Amen. Let's pray for our word today. Father, we thank you. God, we always thank you, God. There's so much to be thankful for, Lord God. Not only in this season of Thanksgiving, God, but every single day, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that you drew us here today, God, that we can come into your presence, into your courts, Lord God, that you've called us to, Lord God, to sit at your feet, God, and to, to hear your word, Lord God. So Father, we ask today, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit here today, God, that we have an encounter with you, God, that it's not just a, a, another service, God. And we never want in this church, God, to just to have another service, God. And it's never been that way, God. It's always been amazing. It's always been special, God. And today is no different, Lord God. Let today be an amazing day as we sit at your feet, God. Let today be an amazing day as we hear about you, God, and, and hear your heart, God, and, and hear your word, Lord God. And Father, we pray that, that it changes us, Lord God. We don't want to be the same, Lord God. We don't. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we're listening today to God. There's something in us, God, that's drawing us forward, God, and that's your Holy Spirit, God. That's your, your love in us, who you are in us, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I thank you today to open up hearts and minds, God. Help us to see you more clearly today, understand you more than we did yesterday, God, to fall more in love with you than we did yesterday, Lord God, and to bow at your feet, God, and to praise and worship you, Lord God. Father, let your word, God, take us where you want us to be today, God. Father, as we speak your word, God, let those things that you want to implant in our heart be implanted in our heart, Lord God, to change us and grow us, Lord God, because you love us so much, Lord God. Father, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for what you're about to do, God. I thank you for how good you are, Lord God. And I thank you that we could simply be in your presence, God, with our brothers and sisters, God, not only to praise and worship you, God, but to see you and understand you better, to learn of you, to know you more, Lord God. Father, thank you for a beautiful day in the house of the Lord. And everybody who agreed with that prayer said, amen, amen, amen. Why don't you turn in the Bible to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to read part of the word today. And I'm going to speak today uh, a story that we all know, but maybe in a different perspective today that God put on my heart and I want to share with you. And I've entitled my message Beyond Faith, and we'll explain what that is. Uh, but let's continue what Pastor Reggie has started as we read the word of God. Uh, if we could all stand right now, I'm going to read in Daniel chapter 3. Verse 15 to 25. But we can stand for the reading of God's word. Let's do that. Amen. In Daniel chapter 3, I'll be reading out of the New King James today. Daniel chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. And we'll explain this. We're going to pick up the story kind of midway, but I'll explain what that is, okay? So in verse 15, the word of God says this. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is a God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our Lord God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, 
that we did not serve your gods, nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they, that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were uh, in his, his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O, o king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. I read that scripture. You know, most of you know that story. That in captivity, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and most of Israel was captured by Babylon and by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they were living in captivity. And one day, King Nebuchadnezzar made a statue out of gold. And he wanted everybody to bow to that statue. So every time the music played, everybody had to bow. If they didn't bow, they got burned up in that fiery furnace. And that's just where we're at now. But there were three that would not bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They decided not to bow. And we, heard, we just read the story about what happened to them. So I was reading this story. And as God put on my heart, I, I asked myself a question. Why do we have to go through stuff? Why do we got to go through difficult times? Why do we have to go through storms, through trials, through tribulations, through fires, through hard days that look like they came from hell? And how, how, why do we got to go through these things? Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to? Wouldn't it be nice if we just wake up in the morning and, and live our life and the sun is shining and the birds are singing and we feel so good and alive and we just go about our day and everything lines up into, into perfect order? Wouldn't that be nice? What do you think? Would you like that? <laughs> I'd be a little wary of that, to tell you the truth. I don't know. There's always something going on behind the scenes, you know? But why, why, why do we have to go through all that stuff? And I want to share that today, what, what I believe God put on my heart. And we know that God shapes us into fires and, and works faith in us and, 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 and builds our character. We know that. And those are all good things. Absolutely. But I want to talk today beyond faith, beyond just the, the building of faith. God definitely wants to build our faith, absolutely. But God put something else in my heart I want to share with you as we heard in, the, in this story here. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3. But I want to share a few things that are going to build up to what I uh, want to end with today. So here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're facing imminent death. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 7, we'll have it up on the screen. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 7, look what happens. It says, So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn and the flute and harp and lyra and symphony with all kinds of music, highlight this, all the people, all, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And that struck me. All the people, 
When they heard that music, bing, bang, bang, the bounds and everything, everybody bowed. And there are a whole lot of people in Babylon, a lot of captive, uh, captive Jews who got taken there into captivity years before. And so but the word of God says, everybody bowed. But I'm thinking, wait a minute, here's Daniel, who wasn't in this particular story, but Daniel would not defile himself. But in this particular story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow. So I'm thinking, okay, thank God for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where's everybody else? Where's everybody else? There's about maybe a couple thousand, million, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but I know there were thousands of Jews in, in, in Babylon. Where, where were they? I know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were set up by the other uh, leaders in the, in the government who didn't, who didn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I don't hear about them. I hear that everybody bowed. Everybody bowed to the image. Maybe they were afraid of going into fiery furnace. But I think something else happened. I think because they were in Babylon so long, they got used to being Babylonians. They kind of assimilated into the Babylonian culture. They forgot who they were. They forgot who, who God made them to be. They forgot who God aligned them to be. They got so used to being in captivity. They got so used to the world. They got so used to the culture around them, they forgot, wait a minute, who God made me to be. And they talk like the Babylonians. They dress like the Babylonians. They laugh like the Babylonians. They, they work like the Babylonians. And, and they profit in their businesses and, and all that. But I think bottom line is, wait a minute, they kind of forgot who God made them to be. The Babylonian culture was so strong that something happened in their heart. They lost their identity. And that so spoke to me, even in, in our culture, in our, 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 our world, our nation today, that there's only a few who are not bowing to the demands of the culture. There's only a few who are not bowing to the demands of this world. There are few who are, who are keeping themselves undefiled and holy and will not bow to the things of this world, will not be sucked in to the pressures and approval of this world. And one thing we can't do, my people, is lose who we are. Well, I know it's hard sometimes. I know that. We're busy people. There's demands on our life, and we got to work and, and go to work, and we got to raise our families and do all these things about living in a world, and those are all necessary and good things. See, but one thing you can't let happen, you can't forget who you are. You can't get so engrossed in this life on this earth, in this world, that you forget who you are, who God made you to be, that God called you out of this world to be a chosen generation, a peculiar people, to show forth the praises of him. And he called you out of darkness into what? His marvelous lights. Or are we choosing to get into darkness? Because it's easy. Man, it's easy to fall back into this culture, isn't it? It's easy not to, uh, not to be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and be part of the whole. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Just let the, like, like, a, like a wave of the ocean, it, it just comes over you and, and makes you forget who you are. Have you, and I say this lovingly because I always ask myself the question too, have, have we forgotten who we are? Have we forgotten who God made us to be? Have we forgotten who's inside of us? Have we forgotten the power of this word of God that we so live? Have we forgotten to be separate, to come out from among them? Have we forgot to be lights? <clears throat> is there an evidence in our life and our heart that we are Christ? Or does nobody know? 
See, one thing that stood out about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't going to be like everybody else. Stop trying to be like everybody else. Stop trying to be like the world. Get their approval to think you belong to them. You don't belong to them. You belong to Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven, praise God. Amen? We're different, praise God. We're set apart. We're set apart, praise God. And I love that story. And as God builds us to where he wants us to do at the end of uh, uh, our sermon today, is understand one thing. Maybe you need to kind of just get before God, if, if, it's, if it's appropriate, and say, God, maybe some things in my life, God, I didn't realize I've been drawn away, God. I didn't realize I was being drawn back into this world and maybe into my old life, God, doing the old things and, and thinking about the old things. I didn't realize, God, because it, it happens so slowly and so subtly sometimes. And maybe you've got to go before God and say, God, I, I forgot who I was. I forgot, God, who you made me to be, Lord God. I got so busy. I got so engrossed in the world around me, God, with all the demands which are real, yes, but I allowed something to happen in my life, God. I forgot about you, my Jesus. I forgot about you that you're right here drawing me, God. I forgot all about it, God. God, get me back. Draw me to you, God, and I will run after thee, God. Draw me back, Lord God, and he is. I think he's speaking to many today that draw, draw back to him. Separate yourself from those things. You don't need them. You don't need them. Oh, definitely not, because God is enough. Jesus is truly enough. I love that song that we sing, he is enough. He's enough that all you need is right there with him. Do you believe that? And maybe God is saying, I know he's speaking to me in many ways as, as, as well. Lord God, let's not forget who we are. Let's see that lesson from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's be in, in that remnant that doesn't bow, that is separate, that remembers who we are. And who we are, we, we got the blood on our side. We got Christ on our side. You are specially made. You're, you're amazing. There's amazing things in you. And through God, all things are possible. And I believe God has put on your heart things to do for the kingdom, whether it be missions work or, or, or doing this or serving here. And sometimes this world gets in the way of that, and we pull back from giving our all to God, serving him, loving him, doing what we can, whatever gifts he's given us, giving back to him in service. Sometimes we forget about that. Why? We get so pulled in. And so numbed by the world. Not today. Not today. Oh, no, not today. Today, Lord God, shake us, God. <laughs> shake us, Lord God, and get us back to where we belong, Lord God, in your holy name. Amen? Could you give God a praise and just say thank you, Lord Jesus, because that's, I think, so important. So important. So important. You know, I, I think about when I read about David and Goliath. I love that story. And, but what, what hits me about that story is here comes David on the scene. You know the story. And, and Israel, the army of Israel, is on one side and the Philistines on the other side. And here comes David, and he's willing to fight that Goliath. But what so struck me is every soldier standing on that mountainside could have beat Goliath. Every stinking soldier on that mountainside could have beat Goliath if they had the faith and, and didn't forget who they were. See, they got, they got afraid. And sometimes what fear does is fear makes you forget who you are. Fear makes you forget what you can do through Christ. That fear starts to come and mobilizes us. It freezes us. And sometimes fear makes you forget who you are and what you can do through Christ. Oh, no, we got to resist that. Resist that with all of our hearts, praise God. Amen? Because here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what's so amazing about them is here they are now. 
and they're facing, like I said, imminent death. But what I love about it is they're together. They're together. There's not one standing apart from another. They're together. And when I, when I read that with where God was leading me, it just so spoke to me. Who is willing to go through hell with you? Who is willing to stand with you in the battles that we face in this life and the challenges that we face in this life? Who are you willing to stand with when they're going through something? See, that threefold cord is, is not easily broken. If you can, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Let's get there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Can you get there in your Bible? Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, right in verse 9. And the word of God says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who was alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And I love verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand, and a threefold cord <clears throat> is not easily broken. Speaking about unity and togetherness, especially in the battle, especially when all hell is breaking loose in your life. See, what's so important about that, they stood together. You know what they did? They, they strengthened one another. They encourage one another. I could just, in my mind, and, and, and not according to God's word, but in my mind, I could maybe picture the conversation. Now listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't the King James Christians where, oh yes, we shall have goeth in thy fire and shall not hurt us and, and it'll be wonderful and God. No! They're probably talking, I don't go in that fire. You want to go? Sure, I don't want to go either. But I tell you one thing, we ain't bowing though. And maybe Meshach got a little, a little shaky. Well, maybe if we could just maybe bow one time, no, no one will know. We can get a, no, we, no, no one will see. We, oh, no, Mish, we can't do that. Come on, Shabbat. And they were there for each other. See, that's why it's so important in marriages and in friendship that we be there for each other. When one is weak, the other is strong. When one, one is losing faith, the other can help pick them up. See, that's what marriage is all about, praise God, to, that spiritual accountability partner, to be there for each other as far as friends. And that's why it's so important to not isolate yourself in church. Some people just come and go. No, you're not meant to come and go. You're meant to be a part of things, praise God. You're, you're the body, praise God. Some people need what you have. What are you coming and going for? That's so selfish. That's so self-focused. No. You're supposed to encourage one another. Be there for one another. I need the encouragement. I need people to be there for me. But who is willing? Do you have people around you that are willing to go through hell with you? when all hell breaks loose in your life. And if it hasn't, it surely will. But I got a feeling everybody knows what I'm talking about because we're no strangers to the battle. We're no stranger to the challenges of this life. We're no stranger. Who are you standing with? Who's with you? Now, I'm not just talking about a spouse or family. I'm talking about outside that small circle. Who else is around you to stand with you? When you feel like bowing, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like throwing in the towel, who's there with you to say, you can do it, come on. Come on, you can stand, come on, let's pray. Let's get, let's get in that word. Look what, look what it says here. 
No weapon shall be formed against you shall prosper. Come on, let's believe that and let's stand. Are you that for somebody? Can you stand with somebody and just be there for them? Be part of that threefold cord. Be part of it to encourage them. That's what church is all about. It's never about coming and going. It's never about you sit there and we preach it. It's never about that. It's us being together, involved in each other's lives, praying for each other, lifting each other up, helping each other where we can, doing whatever God gave us to be able to give to others. See, that's where the victory is. That's where the victory is. Who's standing with you when you face hell? Who are you standing with that's facing hell right now? And you stand and you stand and you stand together. And you be there for each other, praise God. That's so, 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 so important to live our lives encouraging one another, praise God. Amen? Make sense? Amen. But here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, we'll have it up on the board as well. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Look what the word of God says. It says, <clears throat> well, let me get there. Daniel chapter 3, 16. Then, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If we continue, verse 17. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor we will worship the image that you have set up. God is able to deliver us, they said. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, it doesn't sound like faith. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't save us from this fiery furnace, if he doesn't pull us out or do a miracle, if not, we're still not bowing. If he doesn't do a miracle, we're still not bowing. And what so spoke to me about this is they, they trusted their lives to God's will. They knew God, and he was their Lord. But their relationship with the Lord was not based on what the Lord does or does not do. Their relationship with the Lord was based on they knew him and they submitted to him and they trusted him no matter what, that he was truly sovereign, that he trusted his will no matter what his will was. See, sometimes so many Christians come and go with the Lord and I think one of the biggest reasons is that they come and go with the Lord because they base their relationship on what God can do for them. Oh, everything's fine when God's feeding them. Everything good when God's answering prayers. Oh, it's all good. When God stops that for whatever divine providence reason he does, where do people go? A lot of people walk away from God. A lot of people follow Jesus because he gave them loaves and fishes to eat. And he said that. Hey, you're following me, and I'm paraphrasing. You're following me not because you want me. You're following me because you're hungry. And sometimes we base our relationship on what God can do. And when he doesn't come through, we get mad at God and we walk away. And we start to doubt his goodness. <clears throat> we start to doubt his faithfulness. We start to doubt who he is. God, I thought you were good. Why'd you let this happen? God is trying to get something in your heart. He's trying to grow you up. That your relationship with him is not based on what he does. Although he does marvelous, great things, yes. 
I thank God for the miracles in my life. I thank God for how he has carried me for all these years. I thank God for these, his marvelous works that we proclaim and we'll proclaim them on Wednesday. Come and, and give a testimony of the great things that we're thankful for this coming Wednesday. But my relationship is not built on what he does for me. Thank God he does for me, yes. But that's not my relationship is based on. My relationship is based on God. I want to know you more, Lord God. I know who I believe, Lord God. I trust you, God. I know you, God. I've been learning about you day after day after day after day, God. And even if you didn't do one more thing, God, I'm not bound to this world. I'm not bound to doubt and unbelief. I'm not bound to, to, to walking away from you, Lord God. See, what's your relationship based on? I know so many, so many that their walk with the Lord was based on what he did or didn't do. And when he didn't come through, everybody walks away. Everybody does this and does that. I said, no. Lord, I trust you. I've always said, Lord, whatever's going to happen to me is because of you. Whatever's going to not happen to me, God, is because of you. And I trust you, God. Oh, yes, we'll pray. Absolutely. We'll pray for miracles. We'll pray for healings. We'll pray for so many things, of course. And I believe God will hear our prayer. And our Wednesday night prayer meetings have been so wonderful, filled with the life of God. Because God does hear our prayer and does answer our prayer, his way, his timing, praise God. But I'm not going to just base my life on what he does for me. If he holds back, then he's got a reason for it. If he says no to something, he's got a, he's got a, a really good reason for it. If he tells me to wait, he's got a really good reason for it. If he says yes, praise God, thank you, Jesus. But I trust him. I don't trust me. I'm crazy. So are you. We're nuts in a good way. Maybe in a not-so-good way sometimes. But I trust him, not me. I, I don't trust you. I, I trust him. See, but the thing with that is that they knew him as Lord. Is he your Lord? Have you completely submitted and surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ? See, they knew God as Lord. That's why they were able to stand in that day. They knew him as Lord, as master, not only savior, but, but as master. They, they knew him as, as a master. They knew him as Lord, surrendered and submitted to the lordship of God. Are we? And I just thought about it. Lord, how do, how do we know that you're Lord in our life? Are you really Lord? Because it says, if you can turn to Second uh, Timothy, wait, let me get there, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 6, if you can turn there. Luke chapter 6, right in verse 46, look what the Word of God says. Jesus speaking, he says, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, he says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Oh, that's powerful. One of the ways which we know that, that he is our Lord is that you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit without arguing back. Stop fighting back. If you know his will by his word and by what he puts on your heart that coincides with his word, obey him. Stop trying to get out of it. Stop trying to rationalize why you don't have to do that. Stop trying to barter with God and go back and forth with God. If he's Lord, the answer's got to be yes. Yes, Lord. Sometimes you be giving the Lord a hard time. Sometimes, listen, I don't want to do what he asked me to do. Sometimes I, I don't want to do it. I, sometimes I don't. I just, you know, but I do. And I say yes. Why? He's my Lord. He's my Lord. That's not about me. It's, my will's got to die. And he's still working on some things inside. Amen? 
Just like you, you're looking at me like I'm nuts. No, just like you, all right? He's working on things in your heart as well, okay? But he's working on me, so, so I'm gonna obey him without arguing back. And, and if you turn to Matthew 7, go to the left a little bit. So one is to obey God without arguing back. Another is Matthew 7, verse 21. The word of God says, and Jesus said to him, I'm sorry, oh, let me get there. Matthew 8, hold on. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, here's that Lord again, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, you know that he's your Lord when you want his will more than you want your will. We have a will, yes. I'd like to do this and do that. We have a will. But if he's your Lord, we take our will and throw it over here and say, Lord, what is your will, Lord God? What is your will, Lord God? And you go with his will. Even sometimes when it may not be something that we want to do, that's okay. God's working out a plan. He knows what he's doing. But to desire his will, to desire his will changes everything. I remember years ago, right, right before my uh, wife, Joanne, passed away, I was praying with a pastor friend of mine uh, from New York, came to visit, and I drove him back to the church. I was on Route 80, and uh, where I was driving by myself back on Route 80, and I had to stop for a second. And I had to stop and say, I had to ask the Lord a question, because we were praying for healing, and, and nothing, uh, there wasn't any real growth of healing. So I stopped in, on Route 80, right by uh, the Bartonsville exit there, stopped on the shoulder, and I prayed and says, Lord, i got to ask you, Lord God. You know, we always wanted your will, God. All we ever wanted was your will. So, Lord, are you, I want to know your will. Are you going to take my wife, God? What, what's, are you going to take my wife? And clearly, I heard, yes, I am, but she won't suffer in any pain. And I cried, not because of the loss. I cried, I heard his will. And it caused me to pray differently and to expect differently and to spend the time with her differently. Why? We want God's will. He's the Lord of your life when you obey his will, when you seek his will, when you desire his will, and when you know it, we do it. Why? He's my Lord. He knows what he's doing, praise God. Just a few more briefly before I really share what I want to share with you today is how do we know he's Lord? Well, well serving him no matter what. See, you know that he's Lord of your life when you serve him no matter what he asks you to do, to serve him. And he's giving you great gifts and serve him without excuses. See, I, nobody, I may ruffle some feathers, I'm going to ruffle my own feathers, but I believe with all my heart that if he's your Lord, no one has to convince you to serve him. If he's your Lord, no one's got to convince you to give to the church financially. If he's your Lord, no one has to convince you or, or encourage you to go pray, come to church, read the word of God. See, if he's really your Lord, those things are in here. they got to come from inside out. If he's your Lord, I don't have to convince you to come to the prayer meeting. They should be lying out the door, praise God. Why? If he's our Lord and we love him and we know that he's a miracle-working God. We shouldn't have to tell people and to encourage people to, uh, to come to church. Sometimes, you know, we, we urge people, oh, come on, you got to come to church. You got to. No! If it's inside you, it'll be there, praise God. And sometimes what happens is we expect things to come from the outside in. We expect all this encourage, and encouragement is good, don't get me wrong. But we expect all these people to encourage us and be there for us, and when they're not there for us, we get mad. 
When they're not there for us, we get disappointed. That's not how it's supposed to work. Our, our walk is not supposed to come from the things outside in. It's supposed to come from the things inside out, the Holy Spirit in us. No one's got to convince you not to sin. No one's got to convince you to pray. No one's got to convince you to follow God's word. No one's got to convince you that. Why? If, you, if he's your Lord, it's, it's in here, praise God. Then you can't help but to serve. You can't help but to give. You can't help but to come to church. You can't help but to come to the prayer meetings, praise God. Because he's here. If he's your Lord, if he's your Lord, oh, if he's your Lord, and if he's your Lord, I'm holding you guys the same standard I am, okay? These are things he put in my heart. If he's your Lord, then you're the same when you're alone and when you're in church. Whoa. Whoa, okay, we'll take it easy. <laughs> if he's your Lord, then you're the same when you're alone and nobody's around, and when you're in church with everybody around. Nothing changes. What you see is what you get. What you, and we all grow from that. We all grow from that. Come on, we've done the thing where on our way to church and we're, <laughs> and we're fighting or something or we're having a bad time. We're in, we're in a car blowing a horn. Up, eh, eh, why did I cut you off? Eh, eh, that no good. But I wish I had a bazooka on my car. I used to say that. I wish I had a bazooka on the hood of my car. I'd blow that guy right away on the way to church. I blew away nine cars one day before I got to church one day. I, I cleared the whole Route 80 one day. I don't know. And I come to church and I come to church and I walk to the door. Oh, hello, Pastor. Hello, my child. How art thou? That was wonderful. Thou art beautiful. Praise the Lord forever and ever. Let his heart be this and that. No, we do that. Don't, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. We do that, don't we? Somebody say yes. All right, thank you. But if he's Lord, we've got to be the same. We worship here. Do you worship when you're alone? We pray here. Do you pray when you're alone? We love him here. Do you love him when you're alone? We obey him here. Do you obey him when you're all alone and nobody sees but God? If he's your Lord, we're the same. I'm not talking about sometimes we blow it and, and fall. I'm not talking about those times. We all still fall, I know that. But I'm talking as a general rule of thumb. Are you the same as you are alone and in here? If he is your Lord, you will certainly be. You will certainly be, praise God, amen? But I want to share with you, before I close, I think what I really want to speak to you about today. Here you go. These men were bound, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were, were bound. And the word of God says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 23, they, they fell down bound in the midst of the fire. And as we read, Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he says, I see four men loose, no longer bound. And I love that. That in the fire, in the difficult time, that's where Jesus freed their binds, their, their bounds. 
that held them down. In the fire is where they were set free. In the fire is where they were delivered because he was in the fire with them and he loosed them. Whatever bound them, whatever things tied their hands or their feet, whatever held them that when they went in that fire, in the middle of that fire, that's where Jesus untied them or, or let those bonds burn off or however he did it. But in that fire, <clears throat> they were set free. They were delivered in the fire. They may have fallen down bound, but there was something going on with, with the angel, with Jesus in that fire. The word of God said the fire had no power on them. Their hair was not singed. Their garments didn't smell. There was no smell of fire on them. They were taken out of that fire and promoted. Because when Nebuchadnezzar had them come out of the fire, he promoted them in Babylon. They became higher in position where they were. And I love that, that through that fire, now follow me now, that through that fire, through that crazy time, through their obedience and trust in the fire, they were, they were taken out of that fire and they were promoted to something higher. They were promoted to something better right now. And I believe with all my heart, listen to me, God is after something a little bit more than just faith in the fire. Faith is good. we got to keep our faith. But I believe with all my heart what he was doing was in our fires, in those things, he's preparing our hearts, praise God. Follow me. He's preparing our hearts for us to be with him, praise God. Out of the fire of this earth, out of the fire of this world, he's preparing us to be with him, to seek him, to know him, to love him more than ever before. In glory, praise God, that this world is not our home, praise God. This world is full of fire. And if you hear the news today, it's seven times harder than it ever was, wasn't it? It's seven times harder. And what God is doing, God is trying to wedge us and kind of shake the nest a little bit that this is not your home. You're going to go through fire. This is not your home. But in that fire, I want you to have such an anticipation of being with me. Such an anticipation of being with Christ. Such an anticipation of coming out of the fires of this world and being with me in glory, praise God. Because in the fire, that's where they were delivered, praise God. The things that held them to this world. What, what holds you to this world? What holds you to this world? See, in those fires, in those, in those difficult times of fires, God is really trying to move us forward into seeing him. Not just to have faith to get through. We'll, we'll get through. But God is doing something deeper. He wants all of us to realize, wait a minute, this world is not your home. I want you to desire to be with me. I want to shake your world. I want to shake some things you're going through that you would anticipate, desire to be with me in glory. Because this world is passing away. It's passing away. And this world is not the end of all things. He's trying to shake you and shake me that through our fires where he delivers us from the ties to this world to have such an anticipation, such a drawing to be with Jesus, to be with him in glory, that when he takes us home or, or if he comes before that, that we have right now, Lord, I know this place is not my home, Lord God. And I so want to desire you, God. I so want to be with you, God. I so want to love you, God, that he's shaking our nest sometimes to kind of grow us out of our, our comfortability zone to know that, wait a minute, I want you with me. And he says that. Well, let me get to the scripture. By not bowing to this world, by facing the furnace of this world, the things that keep us bound to this world, in Philippians chapter 1, turn there, Philippians chapter 1. Look at, look at Paul. Oh, I love Paul. Philippians chapter 1, if you can go there. In Philippians, let me get there. I'm telling you to get there. I'm not doing it. In Philippians chapter 1, 
Look what Paul says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Oh, I love this. It says, Paul says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Well, he's not, he's not, that's not a morbid thing to think about. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. Should he go home to be with the Lord, or should he stay here? For I am hard-pressed, verse 23, between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Oh, that, that's, that's got to be our hearts. To be with Christ is far better than anything this world could ever give us or provide for us. But that's got to be our heart. And he said, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. We have a task while we're living in this earth, yes, to serve Christ, to love others, to, to serve the, with the gifts he's given us. We're about our Father's business, yes, but we don't just keep it there. There's got to be something in the heart of every believer, especially those who call him Lord, that there's a shaking going on, God. There's a desire, a drawing. He's drawing, Lord, I want to be with you. Lord, I can't wait to be with you, that you're my everything, God. You're, you are enough, God. I, I desire you. Is that in us right there today? Because sometimes we get so used to this world, and God's saying this, go so quick. Is there a desire in you to be with Christ? Is there a desire in you to be in glory? Praise God with him. Praise God. Because in Hebrews, he talks about a, a city prepared for us, a city and builder and maker is God, a heavenly Jerusalem. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, he has put eternity in our hearts. In other words, we've got to think eternity. We've got to think out of these four walls, out of, out of this past life. We've got to go, Lord, I'm, I'm thinking eternity, God, to, to be with you. Brittany, you can come up, please. To be with you. But I love Hebrews chapter 2. I want you to turn there. Hebrews chapter 2. And right, Hebrews 12, I'm sorry. Hebrews 12, verse 2. If we can go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Oh, I love this. Hebrews chapter 12, right in verse 2. The word of God says, <clears throat> oh, hold on one second. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I love this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know what I believe he's speaking about? I just personally in my heart believe that joy is being with you and me in glory. That he endured that cross, the work, the cross, the work of redemption, the atonement, paying the debt of our sin, taking that debt upon himself so we would not face an eternal destiny in hell so we'd have that opportunity to accept him as our Lord and Savior and be with him in glory. He died with that joy that was in his heart. I, I believe he saw you and I. I believe he had that desire to be with us. In John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3, the word of God says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, I want you to be. Wow. See, that still shakes me to this day. A holy God a gracious God is preparing a place for you and me in glory. Why? Because where he is, he wants us to be. In other words, I don't want to be without you, he says. When's the last time someone told you that? I don't want to be without you. I don't want to live without you. I don't want to walk without you. I want to be with you.
And our holy God is making such a way for us to be there with him. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's beyond faith. In our trials, in our fires, he's working something in us. To, yes, walk in victory and faith, but something more than that. A desire to be with him. A desire to know him more. A desire to anticipate being with him in glory. And all the wonderful rewards of heaven, praise God. I, I, my mind can't imagine how good it is. Listen, I love things in this life. I love walking on, on, when it's snowing outside. I love sunsets and sunrises. I love Christmas. I love hugging my family. I love so many things that God has blessed me with in this life. But I'm not tied to them. If they're good, if some things are good now, how much greater, how much more wonderful, <clears throat> how much better is going to be with Christ in glory. And my mind can't comprehend how good it would be, but I know that it's going to be greater and better because my heart is God. I want to be with you. Through the fires, through the stuff we go through. So it is, is it in your heart to maybe for the Lord to take you beyond faith today into such an anticipation of Christ? God, I want you. God, I want to be with you. When this life is over, God, when you call me home or if you come before that, we all go together, God, there's got to be something in the heart of a true believer that says, Lord God, shake me out of this world, God. In the fire, loose me from the bonds that hold me to this world. Loose me from the doubt and unbelief. Loose me from the unforgiveness and bitterness I hold, Lord God. Loose me, God, from the uh, pressures of this world, God. Loose me, God, from the angers and pains of this world. Loose me, God, that I'm free to, to come to you, anticipate you, Lord God. Is he, is he speaking to your heart today? I know he's speaking to my heart today. To so be with him. To so be with him. Maybe he's trying to loosen you, but I, I know one thing. In that fire, I, I, I can almost hear it, and this is just me, but when they were thrown bound in that fire, when they were thrown down, bound, when that fourth man appeared, when I believe when that Jesus appeared to there, I believe he came to where they are and, and with loving arms, get up. Get up. Come on, get up. I, I, I lose you. Get up. Come on, start living now. Come on, get up. The, the fire is not going to kill you. The fire is not going to destroy you. Why? I'm with you. See, their faith brought Christ into their fire. Their obedience brought Christ into their fire. The Lordship of God was brought into that fire. And I could hear almost Jesus say, get up. Come on, get up. I, I got you. I, I, I loose you from those things that held you down. This is a new day. Come on, get up. Start living now. Come on, get up. We're going home. Come on, we're going home. There's something else for you. Come on, this world is not the end of it. We're going home. And I believe they stood up with joy, praise God, with joy on their hearts. Why? They were with Christ. They were with Christ. I think to some of you saying today, get up. Get up from this world. Come on, get up from this world. He loosed you from those things that hold you to this world. Every depression, every fear, every anxiety. He could loose you in the name of Jesus. And to start to live, not only in this life, but Lord, I'm going home, God. And I so desire to be with you. Because that's his desire, to be with you. Amen? Give him praise. Say, God, thank you, my Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Amen? And I just want to pray for you as we close our service right now. And this is going to be a prayer, and I'm going to ask the leadership to come up. I'm going to ask you to line up in the center aisle. And I want you to come up for prayer. And the prayer is this. Lord, 
I want to pray today what I need to be loosed of, God. What are the things that are holding me down, God? And maybe it's things like fear. Maybe it's things like you need to control everything and you need to let that go. Maybe it's anger or pride or doubt. Maybe it's strife or unforgiveness or bitterness. What, what, what holds you back? What, what causes anxiety in you? What is that thing to kind of hold you down right now? See, God wants to loose you in the fire. He wants to loose you so you can have that, just a, a heart of joy and anticipation that, God, I want you, Lord God, and I'm not going to let nothing of this world hold me down. Don't let anything hold you down. What is that thing that you need to pray for right now? That God, loose me from this. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's depression, God. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, it's anxiety about family members. Whatever it may be, be loosed of that. And I'm going to ask the leadership to pray for you. And come and be free from that. And let there be such a rejoicing in you that, Lord God, I'm in the fire, God, but I'm not bound, Lord God. I'm in the fire, but I'm loose, Lord God. And I'm coming home with you, Lord God. And I anticipate you, my Jesus. And I want to desire you more than anything before in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to pray that I'm going to ask the leadership to come forward. If you can line up in the center aisle right now, and if the Lord is putting something on your heart, come and be prayed for in Jesus' name right now. As we sing these songs, come and be prayed for, and let the Lord set you free from something that's in your heart. You can say what it is, or you can just say, would you pray for me? And if you're here today as well, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I would ask you right now, come and be born again. Come and begin a life submitted and committed to Jesus Christ. Come and ask him to fill your heart right now. Come right now and ask the Lord right now that you want to be born again. He'll begin a new life with you right now. So line up in the center aisle. If that's you, don't wait for anybody. Line up and come and ask for what you need right now. And come and say, Lord God, free me of this, God. I'm struggling with this, Lord Jesus. What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? Just come to him right now, praise God. And, and let the leadership pray for you. And I know that in the fire, he will loose you. He will loose you, praise God. So let's spend this time lingering together. If you're in your seats, don't go. Just pray and stay in his presence and linger in his presence right now. And just pray for those coming. And let the Lord touch your heart. Lord God, I may be in the fire, but I'm not bound anymore, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, I so want to be with you. I so desire you. Let this be a time of prayer right now and lingering in the presence of the Lord. And we'll close out in a little bit. Amen.